Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for August 11th, 2019. Koyo Kobose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Well, I remember when someone said, well, some other, per, some other smart, smart, smart aleck say, oh, that's a deep subject. Well, I remember once... Uh, David Brazier, who who is the author of different books, uh, one on Zen therapy, one on uh, feeling Buddha. He's founded the Amida Trust uh, organization in England. And uh, I didn't know him at all. This was, you know, a couple of decades ago, I guess, when I was still at the Buddhist Temple Chicago. And uh, it was a weekday, kind of quiet in the morning. And he came to visit our temple by himself, and uh, he was in the back looking over our service books, I guess, and and so uh, I started to talk to him, and I uh, showed him around a little bit. And as I was walk, as we were walking through the hallway of our temple, on the bulletin board, which a lot of times, whatever we get in the mail, sometimes if it's an announcement of something, I would put it on the temple bulletin board. And there was a, a, a flyer that we had received from uh, a local organization, spiritual organization that had brought him in for a speaker. And that's why he was in Chicago. Um, he was giving a workshop. Okay. Uh, and the, so I saw that and I said, Oh, and I, 
And I read from it, from this flyer, and it says, he's a person of deep wisdom, blah, 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 and everything. I said, hey, it says you have deep wisdom. Is that correct? You know, with a twinkle in my eye. And he said, well, deep means dark. <laughs> you know, you go down deep in a well, it's all dark. <laughs> you don't see much. But to realize that, see, you know, when you're, if you're ignorant and you don't know you're ignorant, you're in, you, you could be in bad shape. Okay. So if you are ignorant or to a certain extent in certain ways, huh, if you're aware of that, at least okay, you have some, uh, you could meet it perhaps better than, you know, uh, being misled in other ways where you don't even see the problem. Okay. So this is what... <laughs> My associations when I said, well, <laughs> okay, I want to share something that happened in my life recently, in our family life here. And, uh, you know, Dharma, wow, <laughs> our, our bright, bright dawn center of oneness, uh, our sangha, our teachings, uh, you know, we find teachings all over, and we try to teach this as part of our core approach in our in our lay pro study program uh <clears throat> teachings all around us okay and we have to meet those teachings in order to make them personally relevant etc cetera, etc cetera, okay so we got to pay attention to our daily experiences especially when we mess up okay okay so <laughs> this is a story about me messing up uh <clears throat> we have to get a new freezer uh, as you know, as some of you probably know, I have a pretty big garden, vegetable garden, and I started, you know, we've been here um, 11 years at the Brighton Center here in Corsco, and uh, I started a, a vegetable garden, and uh, well, if you're going to harvest a lot of vegetables, well, you got to store them, okay, and I don't have a fruit cellar or anything like that, but a lot, a lot of times when they say canning nowadays, you know, you can can these things. You could actually, you don't have to do the old, the the old-fashioned traditional canning method, using jars and sterilizing them and everything, and parboiling the vegetables and vacuum sealing them in in uh, in glass jars. You know, um, you could freeze them instead. So I said, that was the plan. So I bought the biggest freezer there was. Okay. Uh, and we put it into our utility room in the back there. And uh, uh, I don't know if a lot of families are like our family, but uh, one refrigerator is not enough. Okay. Even in general, okay, even without the all these vegetables from my garden. And uh, so a lot of families have more than one refrigerator. They might have another one out in the, uh, in the back porch or something or, you know, or in the basement they got a big freezer. Okay. Uh, now, okay, <clears throat> we got a big freezer. And if you if you need something, you'll take it out, 
put it into the regular refrigerator in the kitchen to to defrost and thaw out, okay, because it's frozen. And, and then you could uh, use those vegetables for uh, for a meal on that day. Or, or it might be the next day. might take a little while to thaw out. Got a plan. Okay. So I have this treasure trove, frozen vegetables in my big freezer. Why do we have to get a new freezer? <laughs> well, uh, you don't have to remember or, or learn anything about opening the door to get something out of a freezer. I mean, you open the door and you get something out. You have to open the door. You want to get something inside the freezer. Not my. This may sound funny, strange. But once you got that frozen pack of vegetables, and then you, well, of course, if you open that freezer door, you got to close it. So I closed the door. I thought I closed the door. Now, actually, okay, this is a great example of in life, all kinds of things happen or Murphy's Law, or whatever you want to say, but it's life. Things happen, okay? You have to understand this. (laughs) When I got that pack of vegetables out, I didn't know it, but I must, I'm not sure, but I must have hit another small package of vegetables, and it fell down to the the bottom (laughs) part of the refrigerator there, okay? And so when I close the door like I usually do at the bottom of the door it hit that fallen little pack of vegetables and didn't latch the door completely shut so it was open about five or six inches maybe you know but I I get something out of the freezer because I'm thinking about the meal that's going to come next and I'm thinking about planning what I got to do to that and I just kind of absentmindedly close the door like I usually do. Because you don't have to pay so much attention to closing the door, you wouldn't think. Huh? So, uh, because the refrigerator, the freezer door is open, well, uh, of course the freezer compressor, the motor and everything is working overtime, trying to close, trying to Freeze up the, make the inside cold, and and it can't because the door is open, so it burns itself out, and all the food that's in there defrosts. Ooh wee, yeah, that's a. So I suppose, uh, you know, now, whenever I close refrigerator door, freezer door, I do it very mindfully. Huh. Or there's a shout in way back, and it's not a very loud shout now, but it's still a shout where I tell myself, close the door. Okay, close the door. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't have to say please because I'm talking to myself. <laughs> okay. I suppose I could, or I could say, well, thank you for remembering to close always. Each time, okay, is the first time. Close the door mindfully. It's not just, you know. Uh, and I think there's a um, famous quote 
perhaps by Benjamin Franklin, and it went like this. Experience is a dear teacher, yet fools learn by no other. Well, let's face it, we're all foolish beings, every one of us. Certain times, certain places, huh? certain context, situation, okay? Uh, we're not perfect, okay? But <clears throat> there's something, well, we could call it nature, not only nature in the usual sense of the term, but the natural laws, huh? not just in nature, but in human behavior. If you do something and you, and you get some consequences, that's how we learn, okay? And sometimes it's kind of painful. And sometimes it's one trial learning. You know, because of that certain behavior and not closing the door mindfully and making sure it's closed in terms of the freezer, uh, big consequences happened. And it's one trial learning. Uh, It led to having to get a new freezer. you know, et cetera, um, which I did. And uh, we have a new freezer. I got a big one, okay. I went to uh, Lowe's, I think, and, and got one. And then I had to arrange, they took the old one back. Uh, I had to take off the doors in order to get them into the, into the utility room back there because it's a big freezer, you know. I mean, it was involved consequences. And uh, so I learned, and I think this is an aspect of oneness where you think it's something, the beginning, the end, you know, the beginning is opening the door, the end is closing the door. Uh, uh, Mindfulness uh, is a certain act good or bad, that we learn from the consequences. Okay. Well, at the time, it's kind of bad experience. Uh, but, I, but I certainly thank the universe, uh, nature, for teaching me this, uh, having me experience this, okay, for such a fool. Okay. Which foolish being is not really too much of a negative term. It's just a reality term. Huh? Behavior has consequences, and that's how we learn. <laughs> we do our best not to have the don't close the door, com- freeze the door completely, Buddha or Bodhisattva come to visit. You only has to make one visit. I hope. Okay, I better not speak <laughs> too smugly about this. Okay. Uh, and uh, well, one more example. One more example. Um, uh, I took a, I, a cup of hot water, and I wanted to make it hot for coffee. And I put it, put, I put some water into the microwave, and then I took it out and did it kind of quickly. And so some of the hot water spilled right onto my to my foot and burn me. That is another example of one trial learning. Don't be in such a rush to just 
grab that hot liquid out of the microwave. Be careful. Be go slow. Go mindful. One trial learning. Okay, burn my foot. <laughs> okay. Now, I want to introduce our special guest, lay minister, to give us a dharma glimpse today. Michael Manio is part of our LM10 group. Okay. And he lives in Florida. So I'll turn it over to Michael Manio Sensei. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Sensei. I couldn't, you could not have introduced this Dharma glimpse any better today. It's just the causes and conditions, I don't know, but uh, you couldn't have uh, introduced it any better. We didn't plan it, we didn't talk about it, but my goodness, it, it's just right on. So, so today's Dharma glimpse, I borrow from this little book that I found a few years ago at a uh, used bookstore. And it's an old college book. And some of the LM10 um, folks that uh, when we went through the LM10 program together have heard me quote some things out of this book before. But the reason I know um, that this is a college book it's not necessarily a religious book. So I found the original receipt inside the pages of the book from Colgate University, and the and the the mark price on the book printed on the book is a dollar seventy five, and the price printed on the receipt is also a dollar seventy five. So and it says Colgate College. Uh, so. I Google Colgate uh, or Colgate University. I'm sorry, Colgate University, and it does exist in the city of Hamilton, New York. And it, with this book, the uh, original copyright uh, is 1952 by the Liberal Arts Press Inc. So it seems to me that um, at one time, at least, that this book belonged to a now probably former college student that attended Colgate University and through causes and conditions and for the moment it stays in my own library uh, no telling where this book will end up uh, one day um, the actual date on the receipt for the from the the school bookstore is February 26 1968 so this book was purchased by a student, I think it looks that way, at the college bookstore just over 50 years ago. I, I really like it. Uh, like I say, it's not necessarily meant to be a religious book. It's a book about Buddhism, and it compares uh, Pali, Sanskrit, Chinese, Japanese, and Tibetan Buddhist literature. There's, it's very quite good. It's a lot of very good teachings and uh, readings in the book overall, but today I'm going to focus on the Japanese, uh, a little part of the Japanese section of, 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 the, of this, this book. So um, on page 141 in the Japanese literature, we find an article of sorts titled Shenron's Confession for 
purposes of full disclosure, at the bottom of the page, there's a there's a um, a citation that uh, credits. Um, uh, it says from the Japanese by Yes uh, Yamabi and L. Adams Beck in Buddhist Psalms, Wisdom of the East series. Uh, it's a short writing, but it resonated with me because it's about messing up. <laughs> it's about, just that's what it's about. It's about messing up. And as a Shenron talking about him messing up, uh, I want to share it with you. So I beg your pardon in advance. Uh, I read this little uh, section to you. So Shenron says, though I seek my refuge in the true faith. Of the pure land, yet hath not mine heart been truly sincere. Deceit and untruth are in my flesh, and in my soul is no clear shining. In their out in their outward seeming, all men diligent and true speaking, but in their souls are greed and anger and unjust deceitfulness. And in their flesh do lying and cunning triumph. Too strong for me is the evil of my heart. I cannot overcome it. Therefore, therefore, in my soul, like unto the poison of serpents, very strong words, um, and, uh, unto like the poison of serpents, even my righteous deeds, being mingled with this poison, must be named the deeds of deceitfulness. Shameless though I be, and having no truth in my soul, yet the virtue of the holy name, the gift of him that is enlightened, is spread throughout the world through my words, although I am as I am. There is no mercy in my soul. The good of my fellow man is not dear in my eyes. If it were not for the ark of mercy, the divine promise of infinite wisdom, how should I cross the ocean of misery? I, whose mind is filled with cunning and deceit as the poison of reptiles, am impotent to practice righteous deeds. If I sought not refuge in the gift of our Father, I should die the death of the shameless. So I think um, maybe it's pretty heavy stuff that Shinron wrote about himself. It kind of reminds me of Shanti Deva in the way of the Bodhisattva. But Shinron uh, wrote this, and it, but it gives me comfort. It does. It gives me comfort because. Shinron was a, a great teacher that um any in any to in the Mahayana we we rely on Amida or Amitabha, whichever name you like is uh, uh, uh probably most people on the call today know who Amida or Amitabha is just in case if you're new or or just listening in uh that is the Buddha of limitless light or boundless light Pure Land Buddhism, um, we place a sort of faith, you know, and faith 
in Amitabha or Amita. And um, some will invoke the name, some recite his mantra. Um, and many people believe that if one places great faith in the Lord of Light, uh, the Buddha of Light, uh, one will be reborn in his pure land after death. And so they say, well, how can, how can this Buddha make, make a pure land? Well, he, he, he is, is, uh, you figure a, a very rich person in a human, purely human form can make these beautiful gardens and mansions and whatever. Well, so why not? How, why can't Amitabha? Do the same thing in 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 a really bigger scale. So I, I'll leave that for your consideration. But I submit um, that uh, in your contemplation or your meditation, if you uh, if in your own mind and your personal practice you find faith skillful or useful, does it make you a better Buddhist or even a better person? Does it matter? Well, that's up to you. That's okay that it's up to you. Um, we could maybe you you got to figure this stuff out for yourself. We can't, you know, the the Buddha <laughs> let us know that. We could maybe um, I think we could maybe use faith skillfully now if you could can. That's great. Um, but please remember that faith. That some faith, or even a, maybe a lot of faith, placed in a Buddha or a Bodhisattva, is entirely your call. And it's if you can use that skillfully. And please don't um, think of a Buddha or even even a historical Buddha as some kind of god, because even the historical Buddha. Never proclaimed to be God or the Son of God, and he wouldn't even engage in that conversation. Uh, they tried to trick him into trying to say that maybe there was a God or not, but he wouldn't even engage in that conversation. So back to Shinron, and I need to wrap it up. He uh, openly aired his faults and shortcomings. That's living totally honest, honest. Honest with oneself and honest with the world. Are we ready to take that leap into total boundless light of Amitabha Buddha? I can't answer that question for you, and I struggle to answer it even for myself. For me, I must have faith. I, I do. I, I, I work – I try to work skillfully with faith. And um, but that's for me. That's not for everybody. That's what's great about being Buddhist. Um, and uh, for where I am now on this journey, uh, I I choose that. Um, that will in, that will indeed change one day. But until then, um, Om Dewari, and may it be so. Take good care. Thank you for listening to me today, Gosho. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> this is.
tremendous teaching to us. I, as usual, you know, uh, I kind of surprised myself <laughs> in a way. Uh, I guess through many decades of, you know, uh, uh, being on my own spiritual path, whenever anybody shares a, uh, uh, their Dharma glimpse, it, uh, it triggers or sparks off a lot of associations in my mind from uh, teachings, past teachings that I liked, or sayings, and this and that. Uh, it's so rich, you know. Um, somebody says uh, uh, in a Dahmer glimpse a certain word, and that word is like a tip of an iceberg. Uh, because my attention is drawn to that word, then I, could, I start, I see the access, I can access the, all the associated thoughts and feelings underneath the surface of it, you know, because they say an iceberg is nine-tenths underneath the surface of the water. That's why you say tip of the iceberg is only one-tenth of its actual size. Anyway, I'm <laughs> uh, indeed, I think uh, the topic of faith, you know, it's just, that's just the tip of an iceberg right there. What's, as, as, Michael Manu said, you know, what is the role of faith in Buddhism? Uh, how can you use one's own faith to further one's spiritual growth? How is faith, what, what, if you put the analogy of a, of a path, you're on a spiritual path or a journey, uh, is faith like a, a, that you have faith in a, in a road sign or you have faith in this map? You know, so that you know which way to go. Um, sometimes maybe you don't pay too much attention because you feel that you have your own power and you could figure out how to go. Okay. So I don't need no map. <laughs> I don't need no stinking map. Okay. Well, <clears throat> because when you talk about this topic, Another thing that came to my mind is, you know, Jodo Shinshu Buddhism, okay, Shinran was the founder of Shin Buddhism, okay. His teacher was Honen, who, who started the Pure Land School. So, <clears throat> Jodo Shinshu Buddhism, or denomination, means uh, the Shin in Shinshu, Shin denomination means true. It's not anything similar to Shinran's name, okay, even though the first syllable there is sound is the same. And Jodo means pure land, okay. Pure land, the true view of that. Okay, that's Jodo Shinshu Buddhism. Uh, <clears throat> and one of the big topics not necessarily so much in general Buddhism, but in Jodo Shinshu Buddhism, for some reason, historical reason, they really <clears throat> focus on what they call Tariki, other power. Tariki, Riki's power. Ta means other. As a, and they contrast it to Jiriki, 
self-power. Okay. So they say, we're the way of other power. Okay. And the whole stumbling block is when you think you have your own self-power and you don't need any other power. Okay. It's your ego self-centeredness. Okay. Who you are. Oh man, I'm cunning. I'm clever. I'm I'm I, I could make out here. I don't need anybody's help. I don't need this. I don't need that. I don't, you know. Okay. So if you do some uh, self-reflection, introspection, okay, this is what Buddhism is all about. You know, in other religions, of course, it's always outer directed. You say, well. I'm so powerless, so, hey, the big God, help me out. <laughs> uh, this, this, this is kind of basic, but kind of interestingly relevant. So you got to start doubting the fact that you're, so, you're such a big shot in your own life, okay? That you're in control, that you're capable. <laughs> These all these experiences of bad experiences in the sense that you had bad consequences for your own life as a human being. And uh, because of these experiences, if you really reflect on them, introspect honestly, just a great doubt comes into your mind about your self-efficacy. Okay? Gee, what is life all about if I can't... If, if, if you know, I can't master it. Uh, you know, well, sooner or later, everybody has to realize that life is not a problem to be solved; it's a mystery to be lived. Okay, that's kind of slick, isn't it? Okay. Chinang uh, gave himself his religious name, Gutoko, uh, which means bald-headed fool. Okay, and. Uh, when we say, hey, some, somebody, some, a nickname sometimes is, of somebody is called slick, isn't it? Or we, when we say, hey, oh, that's slick, you know, hey, slick, meaning that this person's pretty, pretty clever, you know? Uh, and I think uh, uh, when we get challenged, when that ego-centered, self-centered, power that we think we ha we have as an individual um, that has to be well not just challenged but kind of crushed <laughs> if you, you know, if you want to uh, you know great great doubt is a prerequisite to great faith that you that and it's honest and it's truth spiritual truth um, the, the, uh, there was a, in fact, you, um, sometimes in the Catholic tradition, you have confession. I think that process is a tremendous tool. Okay. Now, maybe the exact use or definition of confession is different. Okay. Uh, in, from the Christian perspective, but somehow this aspect of confession uh, 
self-surrender to a greater power, to the other power. Now, this, this is terminology that gets us all messed up. <laughs> My father used to say, Jiriki is Tariki. You know, he would, he, he, my father had a, a non-dualistic uh, approach. See, self versus other, that's a very dualistic, opposing kind of thing. Okay. No, we don't believe in Jiriki. We want, we want to depend upon the Buddha's power, Tariki. The other power is the Buddha's power. My power is nothing. Well, <laughs> that's a certainly a, a truth that has to be experienced uh, if we're lucky enough to get that kind of feedback. And that we, it, it, it doesn't stay there. It's not that, hey, okay, you, you, here's our big house. We, we have a mansion. Okay, this is my self power. Oh, man, look at all these rooms. Look at all this. Uh, you know, I, we could do, you know, this is tremendous. Well, it gets raised down. It gets tear down this old, this house okay, of self power. But you don't just leave the rubble in the empty lot. You break it down so that you could build a real genuine house that you really like, not one that was based on social status and, uh, you know, and all these things. Um, and in fact, I remember uh, there was a reverend in the, in the Buddhist churches of America. He, his name was Reverend Hagudi, Jodo Shinshu minister, uh, maybe active in the, uh, in the fifties in California. Uh, I don't know much about him, except that I do know that he had what, what came to be called the Hagudi method. And you, <laughs> what he would do, okay. And, <laughs> is go to a family and, and have a little, uh, you know, get-together, little fellowship, little discussion, okay, Dharma session. And his approach was sort of like uh, these encounter group, uh, very co sort of controversial growth methods where it says that if you really want to grow, all growth is going to come from some kind of loss. Loss in your own Shining ego that has to be brought down because otherwise you're not going to, you can't even realize or appreciate or utilize what the universe brings you, the other power. Okay? Where, where <laughs> you're part of it, of course, you're part of the whole causal process, but your experience of it is it's happening. <laughs> it's happening to me. I don't make it happen. But in order to get this to step one, to get to this realization okay, of who one really is as a human being, as, you know, uh, how good he would say, okay, get, get the family together in the living room. And then, and then he has one person going to, in the center of the room. Okay. This is the, in other approaches, like Gestalt or whatever they call that, the hot seat, where you have an encounter group, small group, and you have you, this is very, kind of controversial because you're, the whole goal of this approach is honest sincerity in seeing your faults, 
your brittle ego, that sense of self, not the true self, but your ego self. Uh, and you can, you, you, a person will acquire or realize tremendous individual power through the other power. And there's no difference then between self and other. That's really true power, true self power. Okay. No, you don't need to talk then about any distinction between self versus other power. That's already, you know, misleading. So Haguri wants to say, you know, hey, let's say he has the person in the middle and he, and his family sitting around. He says, well, let's see. Let's attack your self-concept. I don't know what kind of language they use. Okay, That's sort of psychological language, terminology. But, uh, well... Let's think of the instances where you, you were selfish, huh? instances where you were not thoughtful about other, other people, what they did for you, etc. And who knows better than the family, immediate family, about, you know, honestly giving feedback of, well, you know, I was really hurt when you did this or, you know. Uh, and it's important to mention that this kind of approach has to take place with some preliminary understanding by the group, by the participants, what the purpose of it is. And, of course, it's not just to knock down the existing self-mansion that we live in. Okay? Uh, so, this, so that the, the teacher or the leadership here, lead, you know, the facilitator role is crucial. When you deal with this kind of negative stuff, bringing up these pretty strong, deep feelings okay, of self-reflection and introspection. Huh? And then when you break it, when you, when you get broken, <laughs> when your ego gets broken, then you honestly look around for the reality of things, of life. Huh? Because otherwise you're living a, a delusion that you, are, you yourself are all-powerful and you yourself built your own life and you yourself is the center of everything. Okay? This is a tough, tough road to hoe. This is spiritual path, spiritual growth that, you know, <laughs> we may not appreciate the necessity for. Uh, now I'm not saying I recommend Haguri method, but maybe with your inner teacher, you could challenge your own inner student. Okay. It's different when it's, you're doing it all internally and it's not like uh, dangers of abuse or, you know, uh, if you don't have a good teacher about this. Okay. So you're your best teacher. You know when you're, if you really want introspect, self-reflection, you know, if you, you, can't, you can't BS yourself, can you? Yes, you could, but that's why we talk about self-introspection, self-reflection, honesty, sincerity, 
Uh, well, D.T. Suzuki, famous scholar, Japanese scholar, brought a lot of Buddhism, Zen Buddhism to America. I remember a quote of his that he said, if you want to successfully walk the, you know, your spiritual path, you need three qualities. First quality is sincerity. The second quality is sincerity. The third quality is sincerity. <laughs> you have to be sincere. Okay. And I'm going to leave you with one last example of this that shows you popular culture, shows you, illustrates this whole method of the Hagudi method, uh, uh, self-confession, so to speak, uh, Shinran's confession. Uh, I'm a bald-headed fool. Well, this was a movie called uh, Gross Point uh, something, John Cusack, Mini Driver. John Cusack, this is, this, uh, uh, he comes back to his hometown for the 10th year high school reunion. And uh, he goes to visit his old girlfriend, Minnie Driver, who's a DJ in a local local radio station. And he's there, and they're, they're, they're meeting again for the first time after he had left this, the area and went on to, 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 to have a successful career. Ten years have gone by, and he's coming back for the 10th year high school reunion. And he's kind of a cocky guy. Okay. And Minnie Driver, who's just a down-to-earth small-town girl there, she stayed there. And you know what? She said to him in the movie, you need a little shakubutsu. And, uh, and then she starts talking about other things. I don't know who, who did the dialogue or who the screenplay of this movie, but they didn't go into it any further than that. But shakubutsu, I knew that was a Japanese word. I knew it was a Buddhist word too. Shakubutsu. She said that word. I mean, that's, there's no context for it. There's no lead up. There's no explanatoryness. The shakubutsu means to get, to be broken. Huh? To to get a big shock. To 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 realize you're a bald headed fool. Okay. Uh, honest, sincere confession of. You know. Your true self. Okay. And she says, hey, you you need some of this. <laughs> huh? Okay. Man, <laughs> if you ever get a chance to see that movie, that one scene, wow. Huh? Okay. It was just a small scene. And she uses that very esoteric term. Maybe she was interested in Buddhism. Okay. I'm not sure, but I think that was a probably an aspect of a Nichiren uh, denomination. I'm not sure the origin of that concept, shakubutsu, okay? Get a big shock to your ego, to you know, and so forth. Hey, hey, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a beautiful day. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No. 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.